0: I would say that it's really important to just build a really good relationship with the owners because a lot of the, well, at least in our case, a lot of the owners that we talk to are older and they're experiencing health issues or their spouse is experiencing health issues or, you know, they're not really as tech savvy. Like they're not able to, you know, get on Facebook and, you know, actually look us up to see if you know, we're real, or if this mailer is, you know, a real thing, or if it's, you know, because there are so many scams out there. So it's really important to just build that trust with that owner and say, hey, like, we are not trying to take advantage of, you know, the situation. We're trying to make it a win-win for both of us. We are going to take care of the property just as well as you've done for the past Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talley, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Talley. Welcome to another episode of Deal Closers.
1: I am your host, Annette Talley, and my guest today is Taylor Carney. Welcome, Taylor.
0: Hello, thanks, Annette, for having me on today. I'm really excited and I appreciate your time. I am very excited to have another
1: woman that is crushing it in real estate and to share with us your journey of how you started and and where you are now. So uh, let me uh, tell you a little bit about Taylor. She's a multifamily investor in Ohio where she partners with her husband, Kyle. In the two years that they have been investing in real estate, they acquired 18 doors. Um, Of these 18 doors, uh, they manage, they are managed by yourselves, right? Um, Yep, yep. And then you started a meetup in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, You are uh, currently um, a stay-at-home mom with your three-year-old daughter. In addition to real estate, Taylor is passionate about fitness and nutrition. She is a 79 harder and enjoys activities such as lifting, running, 5Ks, yoga, hiking, CrossFit, and cycling. Taylor is also dedicated to deepening her faith. With any free time she has, Taylor also enjoys cleaning, volunteering at a local church and humane society, spending time with family, and going on vacation. I love going on vacation too. We have something. He doesn't love
0: vacation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Taylor, tell me, how did you get into real estate?
0: Well, it all started after my husband and I bought our first home. We had spent all this time watching the HGTV shows and the flipping shows and all that, and it was just really cool to see all the different things that you can do in a home and transform it and make it your own and beautiful. So we were getting all these ideas. And I wanted to do all these crazy things to our house. Well, we got the idea. Well, why don't we you know, try to find a house to flip here where we live? And so we got in touch with a local um, real estate agent. And she took us to some properties. And we kept an eye on homes that were listed for sale on the market. But nothing ever really came up that was a good candidate for a flip. So we were just kind of going to let the idea go because we just kind of want to do it for fun. We weren't really going to start a whole flipping business or anything. But then that same um, real estate broker reached back out to us at a later date and said, hey, you know, you guys were interested in real estate. Have you ever thought about buying holds and doing rental properties, being a landlord and all that sort of thing? And my husband and I were kind of unsure. We had never really thought about it, but we kind of wanted to know more. And she had an off-market deal. She knew a guy that was renovating a duplex that had no one in it. So he was just kind of fixing it up and then he was going to put it on the market. But luckily, we went and looked at it and we built a relationship with the owner and we were able to purchase it at a good price. And that's kind of how it all started was, you know, the real estate broker just saying, Hey, like, you know, you reached out to me before and I have an off market deal if you're interested.
1: Wow. That's awesome. So yeah. it kind of face to, to share with people what you want to do, right? Because she kept you in mind when she got this deal.
0: Yeah. It's really important to just be open with the brokers as well. And, just say, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And so that way, you know, your time's not being wasted looking at things that, you know, don't match up to what you want. So she knew what we were looking for. And, you know, she knew that we weren't experienced in the flipping world. And so she wasn't gonna, you know, send us any sort of home that was a whole entire gut job, but she saw a home that you know, was turnkey, ready to go for new tenants, and thought that that might be something that was more our style. And it ended up, you know, being a really fun and great process and learning everything that goes along with, you know, getting good tenants in there. And um, we've just been going ever since. That's awesome. The Deal.
1: All right, so let's talk about the deal. Uh, what deal do you want to uh, talk about today?
0: Uh, I want to talk about a deal that we did just over a year ago, um, and we still own it today as a rental, and it's a triplex here in Tiffin where we live. Triplex? And, in- yeah,
1: okay. that's a tri- triplex. That's awesome. What, what type of asset is it? Is it A, B, or C class?
0: B class. Yeah, it was built in the 1950s. And it's in a really, really great neighborhood. So we were really excited to get something that was in a B class, because normally, we invest in C class, and then try to do value add and get good tenants in there and do upgrades and take it from a C to B. Okay, perfect.
1: All right. So how did you find this specific deal?
0: We used a direct mail campaign. That's one of our favorite ways to find deals and close on deals. And this was, you know, no different than any other um, direct mail campaign that um, we normally do. And we just use our county's auditor site to find non-owner-occupied apartments where the owners have at least owned them for. 15 or so years.
1: I'm making notes. <laughs> 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 awesome. All right. So you just go uh, and, and to the site and then look uh, for this information.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, we look for owners that have owned it for a while. So, you know, most likely the asset is paid off, most likely, they're at that age where they're ready to retire or they're just tired of doing all of the upkeep themselves. And so that is how we're able to find owners that are pretty, pretty motivated.
1: And how, how, um, how many people do you target on each campaign? How many mail- mailers do you send out?
0: I mean, it really just depends because we've used different lists. Before we've done pre foreclosures, we've done small multifamily, we've done larger multifamily. We just really try to um, expand in our area. So we start, like we live in Tiffin, so we have some rentals in Tiffin, and we'll slowly work our direct mail campaign out to surrounding counties and do the same thing. So it's not really about how many mailers we're sending out it's more so about finding those owners that have owned the asset for at least 15 years and they've um got you know we're not into single family so um smaller multi-family Mm -hmm. so anything that meets that criteria is kind of what we what we aim for
1: awesome and how often do you send your
0: mailers Well, we were sending them out on a more regular basis, but with um, COVID, we kind of slowed down just because we didn't want to really risk going and looking at apartments during this time. And we also didn't want to disrespect anybody and feel as though we were kind of putting purchasing above, you know, the health of not only the tenants, but the owners. So we're kind of at a standstill. We have mailers that we do want to send out and we want to um, get back in touch with some people that we haven't sent mailers to in a while and do the second round, but we're just waiting until it's a more appropriate and safe time just for ourselves and, you know, the tenants and owners.
1: Yeah. And so for, when you send these mailers, you know, how many mailers does it take, you know, on average for the ones that responded and sold to you, um, to, for you to kind of convince them to, to sell to you? Because I get mailers all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I'm just like, <laughs> because I, I am a buy, buy and hold uh, investor, so I don't really uh, even entertain it. But uh, how, how, uh, how many times do you have to mail these mailers before you got responses?
0: Actually, all of the deals that we have gotten through mailers were the first time that they've received them. Oh, wow. But we do want to get better, like because we have a really good response rate with our mailers, regardless of it, you know, them saying no, or maybe in five years, or oh, sure, like, let's find a time to meet, I am looking to sell. Um, but we're trying to do better at going back and getting back in contact with the people that either said, you know, maybe in a few years, or didn't respond at all. But we were lucky with being able to get several deals just based off of sending one mailer to that, to that owner.
1: All right. And how do you keep track of these? Do you have like a CRM, you know, a client uh, management, relationship management software? Or do you just keep it simple with Excel? How do you manage all this information?
0: We keep it really simple. We use Excel. And we just color code it based on their response. And we keep track of um, the mailing address. We keep track of how many units it is, if it's, you know, a two to five unit or if it's, you know, four to 19 or whatever the classification is on the auditor site. And we also keep track of when we sent them a mailer as well. So that way we can just go back and we keep we keep different tabs based on the county as well okay. so we can easily go back and look at it per county we can look at you know the color codings. we can look at the date and it's really easy to keep track of it that way
1: awesome and it's a good way a very organized way to do it without having to spend a lot of money on a, on a software all right yeah. so Alright, so what was the price? I guess it wasn't listed because you sent a mailer, but what was the initial price and how did the negotiation go and what was the end price?
0: Well, the owners started out wanting 50000 for it. And for the area, that's a really good price because homes in that area easily sell for ninety dollars to $100,000. But When we went and met with the owners, what we didn't know was that it was only functioning as a duplex. It's a triplex, but they hadn't used the bottom unit in over 20 years because these owners had owned it for well over 40 years. And, you know, they had a tenant move out. And at the time, they just never felt the need or the desire to go in and rehab it. So they just had really good long-term tenants that were in the other two units. So they said, well, you know, I don't really feel like these tenants are going to be leaving anytime soon and the cash flow is good. So we had to do some price negotiating because we knew that there was going to have to be a major rehab in the bottom unit because it hadn't been used in so long. Mm -hmm. So we just had met with the owners several times to build a good relationship with them. And to build that trust and rapport, because they lived an hour and a half away, so they really weren't on the property that much. And so, since they live an hour and a half away, you know, they don't know who we are. They don't know what other properties we own. And we ended up negotiating it down to forty thousand.
1: Oh wow, that's an amazing price for a triplex.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were really, really excited about that one. Because, you know, it's just a slam dunk in terms of price in the area. And we easily built up thirty dollars to $35,000 just in equity with that.
1: Right. All right. And how did you uh, fund it? Did, was it a cash
0: uh, purchase? No, we just did um, financing through a local credit union. And we did the 25% down. Awesome.
1: I'm going to have to get that credit union from, from <laughs> you. <laughs> Ohio. All right, cool. So 25% down is kind of like a conventional loan. It's a residential, a multifamily, small multifamily loan, and not commercial actually. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so what's your what's your exit strategy for this one?
0: Well, for right now, it's functioning as a, a hold. We're just using it as a rental because it cash flows extremely well considering the purchase price and the cost of, you know, the rehab. But um, we've talked about that if we decide to sell it, we could easily get, you know, 90 to $100,000 out of it because that third unit was completely rehabbed and everything's brand new in it. And the area is, It's already great, but it's up and coming. And even with COVID, we haven't seen any sort of downfall within our market. Houses are still, you know, full price. There aren't that many foreclosures. People still are thriving here and paying, you know, market value for homes. So if we ever want to take, you know, that money, we could put it into something bigger. But for right now, we're just holding on to it.
1: Right, you can do a 1031.
0: Yes. Yeah, maybe. and
1: then go into a larger property. All right, yes. so what, what are you, how much money did you put into the renovation of the bottom unit? 18,000. 18,000. Yes. And what do you think is the ARB of the building now that that unit is renovated?
0: Uh, we would probably say anywhere from 90 to 100,000. And wow. we're in it for 58,000 total between purchase price and rehab.
1: Wow, that's awesome. And, and how much uh, do you get for rents?
0: So we get a total of 1350 per month.
1: Wow. <laughs> and did you have to raise the prices of the other units or you just kept them at the same price?
0: The two tenants that were in there when we purchased it, their rent is the same because they're really great tenants. They take care of the property. We wanted them to stay. And one tenant has been there for over four years, and then the other tenant's been there for 12 or 17, some extremely long time. And so the only unit that has you know, rent where it should be is the bottom unit because everything's brand new, and obviously we didn't run it out until we got it. But um, rent collection could probably be you know a hundred dollars more per month if we you know divided that up and did a $50 increase between the other two tenants. Awesome. So it's like a, an amazing deal. Um, yeah, it really was. That's why I picked this one to talk about. Cause it's just almost like kind of like that unicorn deal that, you know, people always talk about, you know, once in a lifetime type of thing.
1: So what would you say was like the lesson learned on this, um, on this deal that you can um, share with people?
0: I would say that it's really important to just build a really good relationship with the owners, because a lot of the well, at least in our case, a lot of the owners that we talk to are older, and they're experiencing health issues, or their spouse is experiencing, experiencing health issues, or, you know, they're not really as tech savvy, like they're not able to, you know, get on Facebook, and you know, actually look us up to see if you know, we're real, or if this mailer is, you know, a real thing, or if it's, you know, because there are so many scams out there. So it's really important to just build that trust with that owner and say, Hey, like, we are not trying to take advantage of, you know, the situation. We're trying to make it a win-win for both of us. We are going to take care of the property just as well as you've done for the past 40 years. And just be really transparent and say, you know, we own these other properties and, we do this and we love it and we take care of our tenants. We're not going to, you know, put a tenant in the bottom unit that's going to disrupt or bother the other two tenants that you've built a relationship with. So I think that that's, that's really important. And that's probably the biggest lesson learned not only on this deal, but other deals as well.
1: Yes. And and I love that. So you mentioned that you met the tenant, the sellers a couple of times before um, they sold to you so how do you you know tell me about those meetings like how you know how were these meetings uh, what type of questions do you ask and what's your goal with with each of these meetings because I was working on a seller financing deal um mm-hmm. the the lady that I was working on told me she wanted to sell but like she would never want to meet with me and you know it was all about the numbers like you know we could never get into an an, an agreement so Um, I offered her to, you know, get to meet her, but she didn't really want to do that. So how do you get uh, these sellers to, to open up to you and share with you information?
0: Well, on the direct mail campaign, we provide our phone number and the direct mail campaigns. I also, I think, play a role in getting these deals and kind of building the trust because they're very vague, they're not making any sort of like false promises, like, oh, we'll give you top dollar for your home, or, you know, we don't, you know, try to make something up to make it more appealing. It's just very vague. And so if we do get responses, and they do call, my husband just asks really basic questions about the condition of the property, how long they've owned it, how many, you know, bedrooms each unit has, what the current rents are, and just kind of asks really basic questions and nothing personal and nothing about them. And then if they want to schedule a meeting, you know, we're really happy to do that. So they get to meet both of us face to face. And you just talk about, you know, what you do for work. They ask my husband, you know, where he works, what I do for work. Do we have kids? So, you know, we're, we're pretty open. We don't have really anything to hide when it comes to those types of basic questions. And, you know, then they open up once you've opened up to them, and they talk about how long they've owned the property. And they remember, you know, way back when, and, you know, they always have stories to tell about problem tenants that have been in the units and having to kick them out or so and so left a huge mess. And so you get to just know each other. And you also get to share some laughs and you know we can say yeah we've been there because we own other doors and we've been doing this for a few years and then you know once you get to know each other you can set up another meeting and start discussing you know where are you at with price where are we at with price what do we want to do when we first get the property in terms of fixing things up or you know you can get the price that you want but maybe they need to fix something up first you know you can Propose the question of seller financing, if there's a large gap between what we would want to offer and what they want. So it's just really like slow, but it's a very, very natural and organic conversation that just, that just grows. Awesome. Expert tips.
1: All right, so now we go to the part of the show where we're going to talk about three expert tips that you're going to share with us. So the expert tips are uh, working with your spouse. I I, I love to get these tips.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I would say, um, first of all, you need to have fun. You need to remember why you started down this journey with your significant other. In the first place it's really easy to become stressed out especially during these times but obviously you and your significant other started this journey for one reason or another whether that's to quit your w-2 or just get financial freedom be able to go on more vacations with your kids so when you get stressed out or when you start arguing or someone forgot to do something just look back and remember that you were both in the same boat back then when you started and you're still on the same team now and that it's important to say hey we're doing this because you know we're interested in it and it's fun and we can see ourselves doing it long term so that'd be number one Um, number two i would say that it's really important for you and your spouse or significant other to have different identities so you know if you're working together, if you're parenting together, going on vacations together, you know, sometimes you, t- you just need some space away from your spouse or significant other. And so it's really important to remain separate. If you need to schedule time away from each other, then I feel like that's really important because you got to have something else to talk about besides work, kids, and you know, what are we having for dinner? Exactly. <laughs> and so going into kind of bouncing off that one would be number three would be to have your own hobbies, do things that the other one might not like to do. Um so, like, for example, um, I'm a morning bird, and my husband is a night owl. So we work out at different times of the day you know, I'm more productive in the morning, he's more productive at night in terms of, you know, self education, whether it's books, or podcasts, or meditation or whatever. So you know, he is more likely to stay up and have his me time and alone time at night after myself and our daughter go to bed. Whereas I'm the type of person who says, Oh, I can't wait to get up early and have that me time. So that way, you know, over dinner, or whenever you have some downtime, you two have something to discuss that's different. You know, my husband might listen to a podcast and I might listen to a different podcast or we both might be reading different books and we can just share and converse and have something different to talk about or talk about, you know, the different workouts that we're doing or the different regimens that we're trying. Like right now, my husband's doing his first um, fast and I was kind of like, uh eh. You can be the guinea pig on that. If it works for you, I might try it. But, you know, that's something different. We don't necessarily have to do every single thing together
1: 24-7. That's great advice. Absolutely. I I happen to work with my husband on the our W2. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we drive together, we work together, and then we come back together. And, you know, sometimes my husband wants to talk about work, and I'm like, ah, 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 I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about it tomorrow (laughs) because I just don't want to be thinking about that. So that was awesome advice. Excuse me. So tell me for people that um, don't know you yet, where can they find you online? Give me your uh, social media stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm on Instagram at Taylor Carney R E I for real estate investor. And then I'm also on Facebook. I'm more active on Facebook than Instagram right now, but um, you can just search my name, Taylor Carney on Facebook and you know, feel free to send me a friend request. And um, yeah, I try to post relevant content, but I share a lot about fitness and my family and other things that I'm passionate about besides real estate. So try to keep it fresh.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. And if you are enjoying this uh, podcast on the YouTube channel, please uh, subscribe and leave us a review, comment, share, and like. Uh, we love to create uh, more of this content. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you for being here and adding so much value th- uh, to my audience.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I thought it was a great discussion. And I like the direction that you take your podcast. It's really, really different from anything else. And I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Lee brought to you by Tully Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.tullyinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.